All right, sweet. So now we're going to jump into Judges chapter 18. And I have 31 verses to go over, so I'm not actually going to read the verses. I'm just going to kind of summarize them for you guys. Um, I'd encourage you guys to go back later and read them on your own time just to figure out what's going on. But Judges chapter 18, in verse 1, we see this continued theme that David kept pointing out. That there, It says, in those days there was no king in Israel, and in those days the tribes, the, oh, there was no king in Israel, right? And so people were doing right, people were doing what was right in their own eyes. And um, David hit it on that awesome, just like everyone, when there was no king, they just thought they could do whatever they wanted. And uh, so next we're going to jump through verses 2 through 11, and I'm going to summarize it for you guys. So we see that there's the Danites here, and uh, we're, we're taking up where David left off. So it's right after Micah is with the priest, and we see that the people of Dan, the tribe of Dan, they wanted a land and an inheritance for their own. And so the people of Dan, they sent five men to go spy and scope out some new land for them, some new inheritance. And so they traveled up, and they ended up staying at Micah's house, the Micah that David just talked about. And they meet this Levite, quote-unquote, priest or false priest, who hired Micah. And there's a few things we need to take note of. And first off, it's the motivation behind the tribe of Dan and their journey. Um, we see that the motivation is out of discontent. They want something else. Uh, Proverbs tells us that the eyes of man are never satisfied. This is true, right? This is why no one has an iPhone 4S anymore, right? That we always want the next thing, the next biggest thing, the coolest thing. The eyes of man are never satisfied. We see that, which leads me to my first point, and it's actually that journeys of discontentment almost always lead to disobedience. The Bible tells us that the tribe of Dan had no inheritance at this time, and it's true, but we need to figure out why the tribe of Dan had no inheritance at this time. And we see that it wasn't because the Lord had given them land. Back in Joshua, when they came in and took the land, the Lord had given land to the tribe of Dan. But they were so scared of the Philistines that were in that land that they didn't step out and take the land the Lord had given them. And I think this is so true in our life too. We see that rather than stepping out in faith from what the Lord has told us to do or taking possession of what God has given them, we take the easy way out and try to find a different place to stand or a different place to land or to settle for like the, Dan, the tribe of Dan. It's very subtle, but I think it's super important. Um, the Lord has given us things to do and battles, so to speak, in our life. But rather than fighting through faith that God will be the victor, it's easy to just ignore them and take the easy way out, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I'm not the only one, I hope. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.12 tells us, fight the good fight of faith and take hold of eternal life to which you were called. Take hold. It's all my summer camp 2015 people, right? Take hold. <laughs> 2017. Sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> um, so this morning, I'd encourage you guys, fight the good fight of faith. Don't settle for the easy way out. Maybe you're going through something really hard, or maybe you're not. But we will always find an easy way out if we want to. We always will. 
The enemy's always there, ready to give us an easy way out. We need to decide, okay, am I going to step out in faith with the Lord for what he has for me? Or am I going to take the easy way out and maybe miss out on something incredible the Lord was going to do? So next we jump through verses 12 through 20. <clears throat> Sorry. And to summarize, here we see that they stop at Micah's house again. So the tribe of Dan, they went in, they looked at this new land, and they liked it. It had everything they wanted. So they go back and tell um, all their family and the people, and they gather 600 men to go and take over this land. Um, and then they stop back at Micah's house again. And they see all of his carved images and household idols and gods that he had put up. And they decide, hey, let's steal all these idols and gods. And the Levite catches them. Then they persuade the Levite to come and be their priest of their own tribe. They tell him in verse 23, for it is better to be a priest of the house of one man, or for it, is it better to be the priest of a house of one man or a tribe and a clan? So they, they, um, they hit his pride here, right? They're like, hey, okay, do you want to be the priest of one guy or all of us? Like there's 600 of us right here. You can, you can have it all. And it says that the Levite's heart was glad and he took the gods and carved, it, carved images and he went with them. So since he was a Levite and a priest, or as David pointed out, like a false priest, they asked him if God would give them the land that they sought. The Levite said, yeah, go in peace um, for the journey on which you have is under the eye of the Lord. So he's saying, yeah, you know, God's got you covered. He's got your back. You're good to go. And they went to the land and they loved it. It was spacious and wealthy and they had everything they wanted. So they went back and told their families. And they got the 600 men and prepared for war. So let's look at a couple things. First, this shows the spiritual confusion in that time of Israel, right? It was a time with no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Um, there's a commentary, a guy named David Guzik, he put it this way. This way. He says, these Danites are on a sinful mission and met with a sinful Levite and wanted to know from a righteous God if their mission would be successful. Then the sinful Levite sent the sinful men on their way with God's blessing. Like, is that ironic to anyone else? It's kind of weird. These sinful people asked the sinful priest if a perfect and holy righteous God would bless them. And he said, yeah, go for it. Notice, it doesn't say that the Levite, who's supposed to be this priest at the time, even talked to God about it. He didn't even pray about it. Yet he just gave them the approval and told them to continue on. Which leads me to my next point. We as Christians, we need to be careful on what we say. We're called to be messengers of God's words and not editors of his words. We need to know what the Bible says and how it applies to our life so we don't give advice that isn't true, right? If we're not reading his word, we can start believing just whatever sounds nice. We need to make sure that we hold the word of God as our center of truth and that everything else revolves around it. Also, we need to make prayerful decisions. Here we see that the Levite just tells him to go. I thought this was so convicting to me because it made me think of all the decisions I've made in my life and the times in which I've just said, yeah, I'll pray about it, and then never ended up praying about it and just went and did it. Guys, we need to be people of prayer. 
we can't expect to know what God has for us if we're not spending time in prayer with the Lord and reading his word and asking him what he has. So, which leads me to the next. We're going to go verse 21 through 27. Uh, and again, I'll just summarize it for you guys. So they went out to take the new land, and then Micah notices them. So Micah wasn't there during this time, and the Levites and all the people from the tribe of Dan, they stole all his idols and went pressing on to this new land. And Micah now notices them, and that all of his idols and carved images are gone, and as well as the priest. And he takes off to get them all back. He then realizes that Dan was way bigger than him, and his few guys would have gotten obliterated by the tribe of Dan with the 600 warriors. So he decides, he goes off to get his stuff back, and is like, oh crap, there's so many people here, I'm gonna die. So he decides to retreat and go back. Just a second, take a drink. And this leads me to like a principle that I think we find throughout the whole Bible, and that it's people will violently protect their idols. Have you guys ever noticed this? This is why when you call someone out on something, they get so mad over it because we violently protect our idols. This is why um, some of the people leave church early to go watch football, and then when someone talks to them about it, they get so mad they don't come back to church. Or this is why someone gets trampled and dies every Black Friday, right? Because we worship and we love money, and so we'll do anything to protect that. So my question to you guys this morning as we look at this is what do we defend? Just take some time this morning to ask yourself, what do I defend most? It's my iPhone or maybe it's something else, maybe it's a video game. What makes me most angry and most upset? Because a lot of times, those are idols in our life. I know for me, when I was your guys' age, it was tennis. And I mean, I was there at the courts four or five hours a day. I did all these things. If I remember the worship pastor was like, hey, you should come play on Sunday. I'm like, oh, sorry, I got a tournament all weekend. I don't wanna do that. And then I'd defend it. I'd be like, I only have like two years left till I graduate. I gotta play this, I gotta do this. I'd defend it against all these people. But in the midst of that, in the midst of that idol that I wasn't willing to give up, man, I think about all the cool things the Lord could have done through me through high school that I completely like just said, okay, Lord, I don't wanna be a part of that. And then in verse 27 through 31, we see that Dan finally comes in and takes over, and they kill all the people and burn the city down. And they came through, and they set up Micah's carved images and all the idols, and they begin to worship there. We see that this, this journey that started in discontentment ends in idol worship. And I love what David said earlier. It completely goes back to that. It wasn't like one day they just decided, okay, I'm gonna worship all these idols. I mean, these were, these were tribes of Israel who God had specifically chosen and set apart, and yet they decided, okay, this isn't what I want. I don't want what the Lord has for me. I want to go, and just little steps by little steps, they ended up, at the end, killing a whole bunch of people, 
from a land that wasn't even their own because it was the easy way out. And they end up worshiping idols. And I think it's so easy for us to do that in our life too. It can start from something so small and next thing we know that thing consumes us. It's all we think about, it's all that we end up doing. So I would encourage you guys this morning just to ask yourself, man, like I said earlier, what do you defend most? Because a lot of times, I know for me even, like I'll hear someone talking about the Lord and like completely bashing him and I won't care. And then I'll hear someone talking about, I don't know, something stupid like a sport or anything else and I'll jump into the conversation and I'll defend it. And it's like, man, where's my heart at that time? I'm not saying we have to be legalistic about it and we have to be like, the Lord on everything, but we should seek the Lord in everything. And to know, too, my last point is kind of what David hit on as well, is that the Lord during this would have been completely right, right and completely just, just to kill them all and build up a new tribe and start something else. But he didn't. He's so patient with them. These people go through, they take idols, they use the Lord's name to declare their mission, and the Lord is patient with them. And we can't, we can't mistake that patience for his acceptance. The Lord wasn't accepting what he was doing, but he was just patiently waiting for him to repent. And the same is true with us, guys. I don't know where you are this morning, but man, if you're, if you're running from the Lord, if you're taking those stall, small steps of discontentment, and at that place where you're like, man, I don't, even, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't even know if I'm here with the Lord. I'm not hearing from the Lord. Man, the Lord never left. He's still right there. He loves you guys so much. And you can always turn around and come right to him. He's right there. Right? John 3, 16, for God so what? So loved the world. It's by grace we have been saved, man. Grace, grace isn't that we do something to attain it's that God has done everything for us, so we trust in him. So if that's, if that's you here this morning, I just encourage you guys, man, the Lord's right there. Just turn to him. Man, repent. We don't ever see the tribe of Dan repenting here, but don't make the same mistake they did. We don't, we don't really see the outcome of Dan, and maybe Aaron will get into it. I didn't read the next chapter, but uh, um, man, don't make the same mistake as Dan. If you're compromising, then stop and turn to the Lord and just figure out, okay, God, where would you have me right now? So, yeah, that's, that's it for me. But Aaron's, Aaron's up next.